Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Today's guest is author, intuitive life coach and medium, Martine Felton. Martine has always had a love for writing. Since she was a teenager, Martine has drawn inspiration from the world around her to write short stories, poetry and journal. Now, Martine has turned her love for encouraging others to overcome their limiting beliefs, embody self-love and walk in their purpose into her fiction and non-fiction works. Her passion for writing and helping others has led her to create her own podcast, Martine's Musings, and write her first book, Life Interrupted which is an urban fiction piece about how at any given moment your life could be interrupted with unforeseen events. So let's get into today's conversation. Just a caution. If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the Women Learn How to Increase Your Self-Worth to Increase Your Net Worth Workshop. This is a personal development wellness workshop to help you rediscover the treasures within. In a world that constantly sends us messages of not enough, selling us on an idea, a concept, a way of being that we need more to be happy in the way of more possessions, more money, more friends, more, more, more of everything. We are conditioned to be in a perpetual state of lack. If you are a woman and you want to reset and change the cycle of lack that you may be caught up in, not feeling like you are enough or have enough, this workshop will help you build a foundation of real worth to make life rich, rewarding and meaningful with whatever you have right now and wherever you are at right now. This workshop will show you how to go from victimhood to empowered. Just go to www.sandyj.com.au to register or look for the link in the episode notes. Hello, Martine, and welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. I am so happy to have you here as a guest today and to share a bit about who you are and your story. So um, the listeners have already heard a little bit about yourself in the intro, but -hmm. could you just share with us in your words, you know, who you are, what you do and what sort of happened in your life to bring you to this point in your journey. Thank you. Well, first I want to say thank you for having me on your podcast. I am really grateful and appreciative for that. And I am a writer, uh, a self-published author, 
um, intuitive life coach and I'm a developing psychic medium. So I have a lot of irons in the fire, <laughs> if you would say. Um, so what brought me here is really my book. That has been my latest project that I launched back in February of this year during the height of this pandemic. And I wrote it, it's a teaching memoir. It is titled, You Love, You Learn. And I wrote about certain relationships that I was in and my past marriage that I was in that um, was toxic and narcissistic. I take the reader through um, a period, periods in my time in my life where I was, I didn't have any self-love. I didn't have any, you know, self-worth for myself. So I was just so eager to be in a relationship and seeking love from, you know, a man that I didn't really um, have any boundaries. You know what I mean? So, and so I take the reader through that and I give them a little backstory about where that all came from because I really feel like that's important as well for people to understand when we as women, when we do that, where does that come from? And I realized that it came from looking for approval from my dad, you know, and him not being emotionally there for me. So I sought that out in my relationships and um, I didn't have any um, standards or um, boundaries. So I wrote that and because I always have been writing for my entire life or since I was a teenager, since I was able to keep journals, I, I went back in my journals and took pieces of um, my entries to write this memoir. Um, so it was a real, a real labor of love for me. So I, and then I added in um, the tarot made major arcana cards in, um, you know, in between the stories just to kind of infuse in the story. Um, like for instance, if anyone is familiar with the tarot cards, you know, when I felt like I was in the full energy or when I was in the hermit energy and things like that. And so when I, when I learned tarot a few years ago, I, I started seeing tarot in everything and even my past, even in my life. So I thought it would be a real kind of edge for the book to add that in. Absolutely, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing a bit about your book and also a bit about your journey and um, you know, the things that you, some of the things that you've said, Martine, uh, really show me your preparedness to get vulnerable with yourself as part of your healing and your restoration. And uh, I think that you've touched upon some things which are very common threads for women when we go into relationships and we follow that path of seeking out 
love from Mm -hmm. another and we have this expectation and naive expectation that the person who is showing us that love at that time understands exactly what we need and how we need to be loved and how we need to be treated. And it was very interesting to me how you were talking about having no boundaries at that time. And I think that Mm -hmm. that is quite common for us as we as we're blossoming, you know, um, as Mm -hmm. teenagers and then we're going into our adulthood that we're not actually taught about how to create safe boundaries for ourselves and what that looks like and how to communicate that to somebody who we're becoming involved with. And it's, I think, a very big part of education that's missing for both for both genders I'm not going to say just for women because I think that if we were learning about these things when we were younger then we wouldn't necessarily be going through such a hard time in our relationships because we would have learnt that we need to be able to clearly communicate to somebody what it is that we need. But I know that these things are often only found through experience. Mm-hmm. You know, the best the best kept advice or the, you know, shared advice can often fall on deaf ears because what we need as humans is we need to actually learn through experience. And it's only then through experience that we understand why we need a boundary what a boundary might look like and how to actually communicate that to somebody else and have them respect that boundary there's a whole lot that goes into into boundary setting that i think you can teach it to a degree but it really becomes learnt through experience and i'm I'm not going to say unfortunately because I think that we go through these experiences to help us to learn what we need to learn in life and as painful as those experiences can often be and how damaging they can be they have so much that we can learn from to not go down that same path because we've then Mm -hmm. learned that lesson we needed to to learn and then we can move on to actually learn what you you're learning and what you have learned in your journey which is the importance of self-love and that that's the big big gift there for you and as you go through and you heal Martine in your life I believe you've got um, daughters they'll see they'll see mum 
learning to love herself, really, truly love herself. And they'll reap the benefits of that because they're seeing that in you, which is just absolutely incredible. So how did you, you know, I know that you you embarked on writing this story, but what actually drove you to go down that path of, of sharing your story for others? Well, because I started, well, it all started when um, I went to my storage facility where I kept a lot of my old things and um, I found my journals and I decided to bring them home and, you know, look through them and see the growth and what have you. And I felt like there was a common thread, like in each relationship, it was like I was dating the same guy over and over. So I said, I think I have something here. I think someone or, you know, women in general would benefit from me sharing this. And I know that people were wondering, well, why would you share such personal stories? Um, but I was okay with it. You know, I was already happily in my marriage, my second marriage, and my husband, who is very supportive of my endeavors, I said, he already knows all of this. <laughs> so it's not like I, you know, I have anything to hide. I have nothing to hide. I've, I've grown, I've learned my lessons. So why not allow other people to benefit from this? And so that's where, that's where it really started. And you mentioned about my daughters and I really felt, cause I have an older daughter, half of most of the time, most of my experience in that book, I was a single mom. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, daughters are watching their moms. Um, so I really felt like it would be a good learning, a teaching moment for my daughter, especially my eldest daughter, because she is now 22 and she's going through her teenage years and dating and boys and trying to get her life on track and stuff like that. And she's been through heartache and things like that. And I really felt like I want to be an example for my daughters, you know, and show them that mom can, you know, can tell her story. Mom can wrote a book <laughs> for that matter. You know what I mean? Cause I have a 22 year old a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. So <laughs> there was a long gap there where I was a single mom. And then yeah. I met my second husband and we, you know, we got married and we had the kids and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah I just, I wanted to be um, an example for them and I wanted to really, and I thought that people would benefit from my story. I think that's wonderful. And I really love that uh, you are saying to, you're sending a, this message to your daughters that it's okay to make mistakes in life and they're there for us to learn. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not an indication of any kind of flaw in us or anything. It's just part of our growth and development and it's just such a positive message to send um send children 
so that they don't have this um, the burden of thinking that they need to get everything perfect once they become adults. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, and also during this time, um, and not even writing my book, but before that, when I um, awakened, as they say, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a point where we realize that our parents we're just going through their journey as well. So once that happened for me, and you know, I went through a period with my mom um, where she was diagnosed with dementia. Um, around that same time, I had, you know, prior to that, I had lost my job, and then my mom got diagnosed with dementia, and you know, she was a very active woman. So it was very hard for her to slow down. I had to take her car from her. She wasn't able to drive anymore. Then she would want to walk everywhere herself. And so she got lost a couple of times and it was a really a lot. So, and that's when I realized, I was like, wow, <laughs> my mom is just an older, ver you know, an older yeah. version of me, like, she is just going through her journey like I'm going through. She, you know, and when you realize that your parents have their own story, have their own journey to tell, it really puts things in perspective for you across the board and how you look at things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, parents are, you know, just like we are doing the best that they can do with mm -hmm. what they know and what they have. And uh, yeah, we're all human at the end of the day. So yeah, it's, uh, I think it is quite common for children to sort of hold their parents in that um, high regard that they've got all the answers. Right. <laughs> that, yeah, that's to a certain point in their development mm -hmm. and then they become mm -hmm. teenagers and then your parents know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right right and then when they and then when we get older we realize that they did know a lot <laughs> yeah exactly exactly especially once you have your own children and then yeah you're like yeah I get it, it it's tough it's not um, all uh, all smooth sailing all the time it's not all mm -hmm. a bed of roses we you know yeah. There's definitely ups and downs that you've got to contend with in life. And yeah, we just do the best job that we can. Yeah, um, for sure. I want to talk to you a bit more about your, your love of writing, because in the work that I do, I really encourage people to um, heal through writing and journaling exercises and just journaling in general just to get things out of themselves and onto paper um, mm -hmm. and can you just tell me uh, what I was interested in when you were talking about your journaling and you put things into storage is did you still journal through those relationships that you were in or did you lose journaling because journaling seems to be a very big part of who you are did that get put to one side during those relationships um not not at that time not during those relationships 
but when after I met my husband and we had our first child journaling I put journaling to the side I put writing to the side period for about five years and what had baby um they had another baby and then got married so I didn't feel like the writing was really going to take me anywhere I didn't think that it would be you know uh uh, a livelihood that could sustain me financially and it's still not but I just like I like to do it <laughs> um, so I did stop journaling for about five or six years and now recently um, since 2018 I think I have started back up journaling again yeah it is hard to find time with littleies isn't it to do yes uh -huh. anything consistently for yourself <laughs> uh, I remember uh, because I had my I had a gap like you did between relationships so there was nine year gap between my eldest okay. and the next three children that mm -hmm. I had okay. and they were all very very close together like one on top of another and mm -hmm. there was a, and that relationship was a very um, abusive relationship, toxic relationship. And I had no time to myself because I was the responsible parent in um, the relationship. And I was the one who was keeping it all together, keep giving the stability to the kids, making sure that they had what they needed. And yeah. I was down the bottom of the list of priorities because I was just, just there to make sure that the kids were being looked after as they should be looked after. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of sacrifices that get made um, by women at that time when they've got young children. And I think it's really important to just give a bit of emphasis to the need for mums with young kids not to have um, like big expectations of themselves that they should be doing this or they should be doing that, mm -hmm. that, that they should just be doing what is required of them in the moment a lot of the time because that's uh, what life is like with littleies one day to the next, you know, we're, maybe somebody you know one of them's teething maybe one of them's um you know like unwell and when they when one of them's unwell the next one gets unwell and the next one and, and you're yeah. in a cycle of a few weeks of illness in your house and everything's topsy-turvy for so many reasons with mm -hmm. young children and it's I just would like to say something about that because um what a person who has uh, older children is able to do in terms of self-care will look very different to what a woman who has young children who are you know in that toddler babies mm -hmm. and, and toddler phase is preschool up to the you know schooling age is going to be able to do in terms of staying consistent with self-care so um, I just think 
it's really good to try and be realistic with what you can do so that you don't set yourself up to fail and think, oh, you know, I really, really want to be doing this for myself, but I haven't Mm -hmm. been able to fit it in all week, all week. And then all you do is you, you feel bad because you haven't even managed to do that thing. So, um, yeah, can I you do, remember? I, I mean, your your youngest is still quite young. So, are you finding that you've got your time back now? Um, yes. Well, the way I do it, I've been doing it um, for some time, is getting up really early before everyone else does. Yeah. Five thirty, six o'clock. Yeah. To to meditate and journal or in work and exercise before anyone gets up and starts asking me for things <laughs> smart move very smart move Martin. so and unless if I don't get it done then I, it's not going to get done for the entire day because then I have work I have my actual job that I'm doing remotely yeah. and the kids are here it's it's school is out so school is not doesn't start till September so they're you know just basically doing what they want (laughs) doing what they want um so yeah it's a it's a whole juggling process yeah yeah that's a um a very good way of putting it motherhood is juggling isn't it you've got lots of um lots of balls up in the air at the same time but I think that actually helps us to be open to exploring more in life when we can too, because Mm -hmm. we understand that life, this is part of life. It's just juggling. So why don't we just try juggling something else that we want to do, which is what you have done in going down this path of, you seem to be in a stage in your life of, happiness and creativity where you are you've you've got the stability now with a loving relationship with a good man and Mm -hmm. you've got you know your young children but you've got your job as well and why not why not just write a book (laughs) why not go down this path of becoming um, a psychic medium why not why not put this energy that you beautiful energy that you have into your growth and development and doing all of these things and I just yeah my hat off to you Martine because you're in such a a positive flow in your life at the moment which is just so beautiful so thank you um, sometimes it doesn't feel that way though (laughs) Well, I'm sure it doesn't because you've got the reality of your day-to-day life with having your young children under your feet while you're working remotely from home. That is no, you know, mean feat. That is quite an accomplishment to be able to be doing that, you know, at any stage. So, um, yeah, we do live in a very... um, a new world I would say at the moment because of Mm -hmm. COVID and it's really changed changed things but was that part of your um, motivation to do more in your life because of what was going on with COVID or were you already on that path? 
No, well, it, I was already on that path because ultimately I would like to work for myself in some sort of capacity, um, whether that, um, you know, getting more coaching clients, getting more um, clients for readings, writing, podcasting, wherever that, you know, that path leads me to independence, to financial freedom, I am all for it. I don't want to, I don't want to work for corporation for the rest of my life. Yeah. I would really like to um, work independently. So I've been, yeah, I've been before the pandemic hit, I was really on that path of trying to set myself up for that trajectory of financial freedom. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's a great yeah. thing, great thing to aspire to. And, uh, and I think that, um, you know, these entrepreneurial uh, ventures mm -hmm. take time to, um, to blossom, to flourish yeah, sure. and to blossom. And, um, and you're planting all these beautiful, beautiful seeds in the things that you're doing with your book. And I will definitely be including a link for your book in the episode notes. For oh, the thank listeners. you. Yeah, for the listeners to be able to, um, to get that. And we'll, of course, have some contact details for you too. Now, can I ask you, I just want to take you back for a little bit and just mm -hmm. talk about the cycle of sort of toxic narcissistic relationships that you were in and mm -hmm. just in hindsight from your reflection can you share some of the red flags that you now see that were there in those relationships that might help other women to think about whether those sorts of things are happening in their relationships because part of the reason that women will stay stuck in an abusive relationship is because they've become accustomed to the type of behavior that's going on in that relationship and mm -hmm. so they're not necessarily thinking that it is an abusive relationship because the first thing people think about when you talk about abusive relationships as they think about physical abuse but they don't think about coercive control they don't think about sexual abuse really getting thrown into it you know there's mm -hmm. lots of gray areas with that um financial abuse again that you know they'll uh, that they won't understand that that is abuse they would maybe think that that's normal for their partner to be controlling them financially and disempowering them and just mm -hmm. feeding them tiny bits of money all of these things are great to talk about for different people's experiences so that other women can see whether these things are perhaps happening for them in their relationships so yeah, have you got some examples that you can think of that you'd like to share? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, one that comes to mind immediately is um, pay, pay, paying close attention to how a man treats his mom. Um, so uh, my ex-husband, the 
the way that he treated his mom, like his mom lived with him and I, me and my daughter came into his home with, where he lived with his mom and he, his other two kids came for the weekend. So um, I thought that was so, such a great, at first, I thought it was so great that he, you know, took care of his mom. Um, but being there, uh, when you see how it wasn't really what it appeared to be, you have to pay attention to how a man treats his mother because that's an indication of how he's going to treat you. And especially if he doesn't treat her well. Um, so that was one red flag for me. And the, the, the money part, one of the things um, that was another red flag for me was um, her being elderly and her not seeing her own money. <laughs> like it was, you know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. it, that was another red flag. And I, you know, the, what did you call it? Coercive? Coercive control. Yes. Coercive yeah. control. Yes, I I just learned that term from you, and and it took me back to that. Mm. Like, that's a perfect word for what it was, because it was that poor woman. She didn't have any control of her own finances, and he would take all her money, and um, you know, use it for himself or use it for. Uh, you know, whatever he had to pay. And I just felt that that was so wrong. And, but that manifested, that was a red flag for me that I should have known that this person um, was controlling and wasn't good with money. <laughs> and you know what I mean? So yeah. that, and later on that did come up for me in, in our relationship, the money thing, you know, um, having to pay all of the bills yeah. um, and, and, you know, not having anything left for myself because money is a big, can be a very big issue in a marriage. It could either make or break your marriage, unfortunately. And I know it's just money, but it's, that's a necessary thing, you know? So yeah, that was a red flag. Um, also the other red flags were how he, um reacted with my male co-workers mm -hmm. if um I was because uh, we worked kind of in the same building at one point so we would go to work together and you know lunch and stuff like that so my co-workers kind of grew to knew him know him and um so it got it got really hairy with the male co-workers and I'm like that is just my coworker, <laughs> and so it got a, a little hairy and embarrassing, you know, for me at work um, because of the jealousy of, and I just didn't understand. I just really did not understand, and I still couldn't see how that insecurity was a really big issue. You know what I mean? I still let it slide. <laughs> Did you feel 
did you feel sorry for him in a way for his insecurities? Um, at first, no, I, at first I didn't realize he was being insecure. I just, I felt like he was treating me like his child because there was also a, a really um, a age gap. It was like 14 years. Yeah. So I felt like this, he must think I'm one of his children. You know, <laughs> and that's what I didn't realize that it was like a deep-seated insecurity. And um, so, yeah. yeah. Was it, did you get a sense that he um, sort of had claims on you, like that kind of ownership? Yes, yeah. because um, where I was from, and where he, where I moved to live with him was about an hour away. So I, you know, I had friends and family where I, where I, I lived, but every time it seemed like the weekend would come and I wanted to come visit my mom or visit my girlfriends, he would always want to come. And I'm like, you don't have to come. I'm just going to go see my mom, taking my daughter to see her grandma or whatever, just space. Hello. Mm. <laughs> and no, he would always want to make like it. Oh, why don't you? We're, we're supposed to be a family, like, and start laying this guilt trip on me. Like, I always felt guilty mm. for wanting to do things that were out of the box for him. I, I always got the guilt trip. We're supposed to be a family. We're supposed to do things together. We're supposed to move as a unit, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that's true. But also I'm an individual, mm. you know? Yeah. And if I want to go hang out with my girlfriends or my mom, <laughs> I should be able to do that. So after a while, and you know, and I noticed that after a while, I just didn't want to stir the pot so I wouldn't go visit my mom or my girlfriends. Mm. And I wouldn't even want them to come see me. It's, it's just, it's so subtle the way it yes. happens. You don't that control. Yeah. You don't see it coming, but you know, that kind of uh, manipulation because yeah, you, you just become disempowered by the things that they do. So yeah, you use some really great examples of um, things that happened to you in your experience. And um, I really appreciated that you talked about that, the way that your partner treats others whether it's their parent or whether it's somebody mm -hmm. else it was it rang really true for me for my own experience too mm -hmm. of the attitudes that my abusive ex-partner held towards other people that were his standards that were wrong just mm -hmm. so wrong like morally wrong and mm -hmm. they they didn't align with my standards or my values in any way shape or form right. and I could see that he would lie to people that he would use them that he would abuse them and for him that was all 
his standards. That's the way he lived his life and thought that that was okay to be running mm-hmm. his life that way. Somehow I felt that I was different to the other people and that he wouldn't be doing the same sorts of things to me that he was doing to others mm-hmm. because he loved me. You know, right. that's that's what we tend to think. Like I'll be the game changer. Mm, yeah. And so not just me, not just yeah. me, but he had children with me. For mm-hmm. his children's sake, he would not do the things that he was doing to others that he he wouldn't do that to us. It's just, you know, that that was my logic because that was my reality. That's I was seeing the world, and this is the thing about um the difference between victims and perpetrators is they view the world completely differently. Mm -hmm. They're never ever going to find that common ground because they view the world through different eyes. And so the way you view the world is the way that you go through the world. And Mm -hmm. we were going through the world completely differently. So Yeah. um, yeah, it took a long time for me to, have a comprehension of that it really just to have that understanding that he wasn't seeing things the way I was seeing things because you were our giver and he is a taker taker so no, the, absolutely there's, there's takers and they're yep. givers yeah 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 so yeah, that was that's... really and and the jealousy thing again that's mm-hmm that's a huge one and in fact I just did an episode on jealousy last week with somebody talking about their experience with jealousy with a this is a person who uh partnered with somebody who had a jealous who who was a a jealous partner so he wasn't the he was the victim of an attack by a jealous partner so I really talk about the dangers of jealousy and if your abusive partner it's a very common common trait in um, Mm -hmm. abusive partners because we were talking about before that insecurity that underlies that jealousy and that's where this jealousy is stemming from but it's really dangerous when you, you you were already talking about that experience just with your co-workers and there was nothing happening there but also I um this is just bringing to mind what there was a few times where um I would wear certain clothes that were fine to me but all of a sudden they were inappropriate to wear to work oh you look like you're going to a club um no I'm not I have on slacks and a and a blouse yeah I can't help it if I'm thicker in other areas (laughs) do you know what I mean like but um yeah so now that I think about it I can laugh now (laughs) yeah I know it's it's all lame yeah lame ridiculous you know in hindsight it's just all like what But when when you're in it, it's horrible. It's absolutely yeah. horrible to be, you know, made to feel that way. And the indicators, I don't know what the case was for you, Martine, in that situation, but the indicators 
uh, often if you've got a jealous partner who is uh, behaving that way and accusing you of um, having an interest in other men or accusing you of having an affair, the reason mm -hmm. that they're often doing this is because that's what they're doing themselves. And that was very true. And that was very true. And also my brother, my older brother told me that I had a, a, a talk with my brother one time and, and I was explaining to him what was going on. And he told me that same thing. He said, well, if he's accusing you and you're not giving him any reason to even accuse you, then he's projecting onto you. And that's probably what he is doing. And as it turns out, you know, as the story unfolded, he was, he was doing, um, you know, seeing other women flirting with other women on his job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. that's why he he was so hell bent that I was flirting with other men at my job. That's exactly right. So this is the way that you know they behave. This is the way they treat people. Therefore, they think mm -hmm. that you're doing the same thing. But yeah, mm -hmm. you're, you're like chalk and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's completely different so yeah um i'm so glad that you um broke free from that abusive relationship um mm -hmm. i'm so glad that you have found a good man and um and that you haven't stopped your story there but you are investing in yourself with your own self-love and your relationship with yourself and I think this is a key an absolute key for women who not every every woman who leaves a abusive relationship will want to try to have another relationship some women just opt not to go down that path of opening up them their hearts and their lives to another man um mm -hmm. but then there are those like us who still had a desire to find a good healthy relationship and allowed ourselves to explore you know that with somebody when they came along and um but our stories didn't stop there we didn't bank our love and our happiness all on this new partner we recognized that the most important relationship that we needed to develop in our lives was the relationship that we have with ourselves and knowing that that is going to enrich everyone who we encounter the the more we love ourselves so absolutely yes yeah, so so glad that you um, are on this beautiful path that you're on you Thank are you. such a, a lovely person martine i'm really really grateful to you for coming onto the podcast today so as i said before martine please share your links and i will definitely put those into the episode notes but if you'd like to share them for the listeners now please do um well everything that i i do can be found on my website martinefelton.com there you could find my book you can find the t-shirts that i sell with my book cover the podcast is on there i have a little blog on there as well 
So everything is there, martinefalcon.com. Beautiful, beautiful. And for the final question, because Mm -hmm. this podcast is called the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, Mm -hmm. what does that title mean to you as a woman? Well, as you know, I told you I loved your title from the the get-go. It means for me that the tears that that bring us to our triumphs and the, 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 you know, all the tears that we go through and all the work that we put in, we pour into ourselves and um, doing our own healing and inner work bring us to triumph. And I believe that every woman is a queen. So every, every woman should have a tiara on whether it's real or imaginary because we were, we are all queens. And we should all be treated as such. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely love it. And I have loved every minute of our conversation. So thank you so much again, Martin. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with Martine Felton. I absolutely did. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. So I'm just going to leave you with the top tips from today's episode. Number one, having an awareness that we all have a need to learn how to create safe boundaries for ourselves helps us to understand that we can tap into information to help us learn what we need to learn. Number two, and also that it is quite normal to learn the need for safe boundaries through your lived experiences rather than what somebody is telling you. Number three, life gives us experiences to help us learn what we need to learn rather than looking at bad things as being mistakes that might fill you with feelings of shame, regret and limitation. Try and see mistakes as feedback for an alternative way to do something next time to get a different outcome. Okay, number four, if you are a parent, it is great for your children to see that it is a normal part of being an adult to face challenges and find ways to overcome them and that we all have our ups and downs. In other words, we don't have to have our life perfect all the time once we become adults. Number five, as adults, it is great to realize that our own parents are just going through their journey, just the same as we are going through our own journey. Number six, a way of giving your parents grace or letting go of unforgiveness or resentment towards them is to realize that they were just doing the best that they could with what they knew and what they had at any given time in their lives. Number seven, journaling. It's a fantastic tool to help you work through challenging times in your life. It serves so many purposes. It's a way to capture what you are going through and how you are feeling at any given time. It helps you to unpack some of your innermost feelings by allowing yourself to just write and helps things to get 
released from you rather than becoming toxic and making you sick. Number eight, an interesting observation is that times when your life is on a good path where you are in a new relationship and it is a healthy relationship, the journaling may fall by the wayside because you have no need to use this tool to unpack what is happening in your life. If this is the case, then this is a great opportunity to use, for you to get into a different journaling practice, and that's getting into the practice of establishing a habit of starting a gratitude journal. When you start cultivating um, this habit by starting to count your blessings, your whole life can literally turn around for the better. Okay, number, what are we up to? Number nine, if you are a mum of young children or children with special needs, make sure that you don't put extra pressure on yourself to have a regular, consistent self-care routine. This will very much depend on what kind of support you have in place as to how consistent you can be with a regular self-care routine. If you are a single mum with young children with no support from family, then you may find you have very little of your own time and headspace. Just try and grab those moments when they arise. For instance, take that nap when you have that golden opportunity when the kids Kids are napping at the same time. Housework will be waiting when you wake up. It isn't going anywhere and there will always be more to do. So you may as well take a nap and refresh when you can. Number 10, try to think of what you can do in terms of self-care that will fit in with the rest of your life. This way you will not waste your precious energy wishing that you could be doing more in the way of self-care when that was what was possible just for right now. If you do put your energy into wishing for things that are not possible at the moment, you set yourself up to fail. So just keep it simple and think of something that will work for you. Then you will feel good and feel like you are succeeding at giving something back to yourself to refuel. So important. Okay, number 11, both Martine and I start off our day with a self-care practice to help us get in that all important time before the members of our family need our time and attention. We both start our day with meditation, journaling and exercise. When you start your day off with the right energy, it makes everything in your day flow better. This is why we prioritize our self-care practice at the start of each day. If you give this a try, it will literally transform your life and every day of your life will be so much different. Number 12, we're going to look at some red flags now. A red flag to look out for as an indicator of a narcissist is to observe the way that they treat other people in their lives. You may believe that they will treat you better because they love you, 
but the probability is that you will be treated the same before you know it. So number 13, another red flag is when you see that they are using someone else for their financial gain, whether that be from parents or employers, and added to this that they are unable to really manage their finances and they keep leaning on other people to rescue them financially. In other words, they are unwilling to take responsibility for themselves. And this is a cause for real concern. Once you are in a relationship with a person like this, you will become their main source of financial abuse. Number 14, jealous behavior is another big red flag to look out for. Although everyone is prone to experience feelings of jealousy, the type of jealousy that I'm talking about is obsessive jealousy that is absolutely way off the planet. The type where your faithfulness is being brought into question every time you interact with someone from the opposite sex, no matter what the context of that contact might be. Number 15, another red flag is when you become isolated from your family or friends, and this can be because he is directly or indirectly causing this to happen. So number 16, if you identify with any of these red flags and you are not sure of whether this is an indicator that you are in an abusive relationship, the next best step is to call a free online domestic abuse counselling service and talk about the types of things that are going on for you in your relationship and ask them for some advice about where you should go from here. Okay, that's it for today's show. I wish you well. I send you my love and I'll see you next week for another episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt 
to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.